0: All right, hopefully the teachers know that I don't teach as long as some people, so uh, I give myself about 20 to 25 minutes. <clears throat> I'm continuing on with what I was talking about last week as I uh, did an overview of the biblical disciplines from the book of the Celebration of Discipline itself, and so I'm preparing um, For whenever Mike steps back into the pulpit, you guys will be refreshed and ready to hear him as he continues on in that message, which I look forward to hearing in about a month or so. So, no pressure at all. But I will be adding to a discipline, acknowledging the Lord's work in our lives today. I'm going to try not to rush through this, as um, this is something that has been... Uh, stirring my heart for over a year now. And so I, um, I defined discipline just a few days ago, thinking about that, and I shared with you guys last week how my kids said discipline was whenever a parent had to discipline their kids for doing something wrong. However, I'm taking them to the next step of learning how to discipline themselves for the better good in their own life. So discipline in this text for me is performing a non-preferred task or behavior, even though it is not desirable, so that one may gain the goal that the person wishes to accomplish. In other words, putting aside whatever struggle you're going to have, but continuing to pursue it. You may not want to run one mile, but to gain the ability to run in a marathon for 26 miles, you have to start with that one. Many times when looking back, as I read through that book, Celebration of Discipline, they talk about how the behaviors, the disciplines of today, used to be the norm of the generations past. This means that those generations who have gone before us used to be in much better spiritual shape. As we discipline ourselves in the faith and walk in His ways, we will become the city on the hill with the lights. And by acknowledging what the Lord's blessings are in our lives, we bring hope to those who God has called to Him and may be using us to call those people that we're talking with to the light. Philippians 4, if you want to flip to the next passage, but I'm going to use Philippians 4 in a minute, but the next passage I'll talk about is James 5. By the way, the bulletin that those in Zumeria have uh, mentions 1 Thessalonians, and I won't get to that today because that was last week. So if you want to know about that one and how I use it in this series, you can listen to last week's. But Philippians 4, 5-7 says, "...let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving." Let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Mashiach Yeshua. Okay, let's break this down a little bit. If a person's calm in the midst of chaos, people are drawn to that calmness. We should practice this because other people notice it whenever things are going on. Having a general spirit shows where our faith is and who we rely on. And we rely on the Lord Himself. Others rely on athletes. They rely on books. They rely on the government to help them. But I will tell you this. When you rely on anything or anyone more than you do on God your anxiety your depression your worries they're all going to increase but when you rely on the one that is stable the one that in the scriptures points to seeing David through his darkest days that has helped Lazarus rise from the dead you will find yourself to be walking in the midst of chaos and being stable I bring up a story of one of the movies that I, I have truly enjoyed in the past. Talk about athletes, NFL coming up, the Super Bowl, people look forward to it, they actually put hope in it and bet money on things. And then somebody may get hurt right before and they don't have that hope anymore. Fever Pitch, one of my favorite movies. About two young people falling in love and yet this guy is... 100% dedicated to the Boston Red Sox. Right? It's great. But, the one of the favorite lines in that movie says, he dedicates himself, and he's talking to a bunch of other Boston Red Sox diehards, and he says, You give them your love, your dedication, and ongoing support, year after year. And what do they give you? Nothing but heartache. Right? Right? That's true in sports, or whatever it is. But the Heavenly Father is a good Father that we can put our trust in. Acknowledging and living through those trials and those tribulations, as we look back, we can see where He's at. The testimony of Katie today, seeing the blessings in the midst of that struggle with their little ones, and having others do what God would have them to do to help them in those times. That is the Lord working through them. I also recall acknowledging the Lord to others. I remember when I was sitting at CBU and there was a professor by the name of Dr. Stokes that asked his class, if I was a fly on the wall, how would I know that you are a follower of God or a follower of Jesus? We all thought really hard It's got to be something big, right? He's asking us a big question. Well, I started to think about that just the other day. It's not big. He, if he was a fly in the wall, would see me talking to the Lord every day. See me bringing forth my prayers and my supplications to Him. Because... Prayer is a big thing in my house. and one thing that I'm trying to get my daughters to discipline themselves, to wake up in the morning and go to Him and say, thank you for the sleep I did get. Help me in the day ahead to honor you. You see, acknowledging Him in the smallest things helps us get to the bigger things. Turning over to James 5, as I said, people in our lives will ask us to pray for them. In James 5.13, it says, Is anyone among you suffering? Now, this is to the church, family. Right? This is what you're to do in the church. If anyone is among you is suffering, then he must pray. I don't know anybody in this church, when they're suffering and struggling and need God, they don't pray. Right? So, we're doing that. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. Give testimonies to the Lord during praise time. Is anyone among you sick? We haven't practiced this so well. Then he must call for the elders of the church. And they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil and in the name of the Lord. We have done that, don't get me wrong. But I don't think we do that to perfection. And it goes on to say... And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. Who's doing this? The Lord is. Not us. But are we following His instructions? That's the key. Okay. Here's another interesting point. And I I sit there and I just sat with a bunch of pastors not a week ago and they were saying that People call on them to pray. And of course, people are going to call on pastors to pray. That's normal, right? But the pastors keep saying numerous times, I try to tell them they can pray for themselves. Well, that's true. We don't, we're not the Catholic Church, right? We don't have somebody in between us trying to mediate between us and God. But at the same time, what's the Scripture say about that? Right here, Moving just a few verses further, it says in verse 17 or 16, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Listen to this part. I like this. A and B, right? Pastor Stokes has taught us. There's sometimes an A verse and a B verse to that whole verse. The part B here, the effective prayer of a righteous man or person can accomplish much. Nowhere in the scriptures do you see where a sinful person that's going along and committing evil, God's going to listen to them. If people are seeing you in the midst of chaos, being calm, and they get to know you, they're going to know that you're a godly person. Why would you not want them to say, Hey, will you pray for me in this time? I'm fighting this battle with cancer. I'm fighting this battle with my family. I just want healing. And if they pull you aside and say, Would you mind praying for me? had one recently. Hey, my dog just died. And it's really hurting. Yes, of course I'll pray for you. The peace of God be upon you. I continue to pray. And when I pray for that person, I check in on them. Because they're in my mind. And in my prayers. Interesting enough, it gives us a great example right here in James five seventeen. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. I think of Elijah as a pretty righteous guy. I'm not even close to him. And it says he prayed earnestly, continually, that it would not rain. And the Lord listened, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Pretty righteous guy. Then he prayed again, and the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. You, you, you. We all are striving for that righteousness. The world out there is not striving for it. But if they know that you're following the Lord, then you can make a difference for them if you'll just pray with them. You can draw them to the Lord later, but say, Yes, how can I pray in this specific way for you? In contrast, I have seen over the past years, people that say on Facebook, or wherever it may be, send me good vibes. Send me positive thoughts. Will you pray for me? I don't respond to that on Facebook. You're looking for any, many, many, mo. When you look to the God of heaven, He is the different one that can make all the difference in the world. And so, that's a big difference if they know that you worship the God of the living.
1: My colleagues
0: know over the past just two years, going on three now, that I walk every morning when I get to work I get there early enough, beat that traffic, it's horrible, right? So I beat the traffic there, and I get up and I start walking. And it has become some talk in the district where we serve 36,000 students. Yet when people ask me or say something about my walking, because it's been in various different schools, are you the guy that walks every morning? Like, I see you over here at this school, I see you over here at this school, over here by the district some mornings. Like, yeah, I'm the guy that walks. But I'm also praying. Oh, you are? Yeah. I pray for the superintendent. I pray for our leaders. I pray for your children in your classes. I pray for you as the teachers. They have learned that I am a person of faith. And some have even asked at times for me to pray for them in a specific way. Now, I do this with the gentle spirit. I do it as gentle as I can, to strive to be as harmless as a dove and as wise as a serpent. Why do I say that? Because there's some out there that would want to trap me. Working in public education, they don't want to hear about God. So am I going to say it to everybody? No. But those who seek, I will help them find. Knowing when how to speak with different people at work is wise. And that's what the scripture also talks about but always letting them know, I serve the living God. Part 3, Acknowledging the Lord's Work When Prayers Are Answered Isaiah 12, 4-5 This is the one that I based this sermon on. If you want to turn over there. <clears throat> I based it on the scriptures of 4 and 5, which say, And in that day, you will say, Give thanks to the Lord, call on His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. Make them remember that His name is exalted. Praise the Lord in song, for He has done excellent things. Let this be known throughout the earth. We must be the first to acknowledge when God does something for us. After asking in prayer and petitioning the Heavenly Father... Possibly, I've talked about fasting, right? One of the other passages of Scripture that came to mind when I was meditating on this is Proverbs 3 5 through 6, where it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. You see, God wants to be known in all the earth, He is known in all the earth. It's the darkness in the earth that won't allow the light to shine. We are the light. We have to shine. So yes, I base this on 4 and 5. But in Isaiah, this passage, you guys all know the history of Isaiah. It's not a pretty book. And then I read through the whole chapter and I'm like, this is great. It talks about prayer in times of need. And then at the end, it talks about the testimony of what God does. So I'm just going to read this whole chapter now. For in verse 1 of chapter 12, Isaiah, it says, Then you will say on that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord. For although you were angry with me, we can go in a way, right? When God gets angry at us, we're not living righteously. Your anger is turned away. And you comfort me. When we turn back, He comforts us. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Adonai, God, the Lord God, is my strength and song, and He has become my salvation. Therefore, you will joyously draw water from the springs of salvation. And in that day you will say, Give thanks to the Lord, call on His name, make known His deeds among the peoples, make them remember That his name is exalted. Praise the Lord in song, for he has done excellent things. Let this be known throughout the earth. Cry aloud and shout for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. We, as believers, knowing that the Heavenly Father listens to us and answers those prayers, we should be the first ones to step up and acknowledge what He's done in our life. What He's done in other people's lives. Especially when they've asked you for prayer. However, it's not easy. I say this knowing that I have had to take steps out there in faith going, I may get fired for this. But that's okay. One small thing I did this year, and you may not think it's that big of a deal, but it, giving out cards at Christmas, they call it holidays in public school. Right? I told Carrie, "You go, please go to the store and get me Christmas cards. Okay. I said, no, no, no. You don't understand. Get me Merry Christmas cards. I don't want none of this holiday stuff. Right? People were receptive. I am so thankful for that. However, over the past few years, right, we, we get to know people through Facebook and we see their prayer requests. We think that they're strong believers, and I do believe some of them that I'm about to give an example for are strong believers. One of them asked me after they had hiccups, after weeks of hiccups, can you imagine living with hiccups for weeks? That would be horrible! Petition those on Facebook. Will you guys pray for me? This is driving me crazy. Of course I'm going to pray for you. I love you. I can't imagine living with hiccups. Right? So I pray. Then I start to fast. Because the first week didn't go well. He still has hiccups. Second week. Get a message on Facebook that says... I no longer have hiccups. That's great! No acknowledgement of God. And I, down on the replies, thanks be to God for the prayers that helped. The reply. Ice cream really helped. I have nowhere to go with that. Good for your ice cream. Don't ask me for prayer again. A person asked for prayer. At one other point, they were feeling horrible, sick. Pray for them, right? They felt good the next day, and they gave glory to the essential oils. Love essential oils. Don't get me wrong. Will you ask for prayer before I was married. I went blind. Had really uh, slowly. Thank God, because I went blind kind of peripherally. I could still see if if I want to look at you ladies. I was like looking this way because I could still see you peripherally. Okay, but I couldn't see in front. The Lord let me get through the 91, driving that way. I could swear those people driving next to me were like, what is he doing? Because he's looking like this as I'm driving, right? I see it that way. Uh I'm good. I'm staying in this lane. I don't feel no bumps. I don't know what caused it. Went to the doctors. Kara dealt with me the whole time. Believe it or not, I couldn't believe she still married me. I had to move that weekend. Partially blind. Was not a fun move. She still married me. Thankfully, Matt was around. Calmed me down at times. Right? Was not easy. She took me to the doctor's specialist. It was iritis. What's that, doc? Uh, We don't know what it is, so we just say iritis. Okay? Iritis. Couldn't see. Struggling started to feel better after a week or two. Believe it or not, we were praying fervently, petitioning the Lord. I got better. Thank you, Lord. I'm giving you all glory. I don't care if it was the medicine they gave me or what it was, because actually the medicine wasn't working for a while. Then they said, we'll put drops of steroid in your eye. Okay. Didn't need glasses for a while. But I'm not going to take it away from God. You heard my daughter? give testimony today of the lactose intolerance that she had. We weren't praying. We just had to learn to live with lactose intolerance after we all had COVID. And then I said, why are we not praying about this? Let's go to the Lord. Let's pray. Let me teach you about this, Hannah. Huh. It's been about a week or two. We've been praying non-stop. We need to test this. How else are we going to find out if you still have lactose intolerance? Let's give you some ice cream. No pain. Just a little bit of ice cream. Thank you, Lord. We no longer need that lactose. Right? Ice cream. Although, some of the ice cream I thought was pretty good. I would have never tried it if she didn't have it. A little bit bigger, two days later. No problem. God, you did it. Like, let me teach you how to, we got to give Him Praise. It's been about a month and a half and then finally I talked to her. I said, Hannah, we've got to give testimony in the church about this. That's huge. An uncle living on Skid Row choosing drugs for over 40 years just came back to the Lord. He said, I was out there With this woman in her cardboard box, he called her place. And one morning, he said, Just like hearing Papa, my Papa has gone to be with the Lord, I heard this angel's voice. And I said, Get up, Mark. You're out of here. Every step of the way from that point on, now for about a month and a half, he had a relapse. That's expected. For a month and a half now, he's been glorifying God, praising Him, saying the smallest things. I I just talked to him yesterday. Went and bought some groceries for this weekend. Praise God, He gave me enough money to do that. Forty years. There's still relationships that need to mend. But he's got to pray through that too. But now, he has all eternity with his mom and dad. My own testimony once again. We've got to glorify God through it all. John fourteen twenty six through 27 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, the Ruach, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things, and bring your remembrance all that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Our brother, our Mashiach, Yeshua, Jesus, He gives that to us in the midst of trials. He goes on and says, Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. All these years, 40, think about how old I am, 44 years, I remember as a kid crying about my grandfather not believing in Jesus, worrying about His salvation, that peace of understanding came to me when my grandfather died. No one else could have done that. Not the Dodgers, not the Bulls, and definitely not the Bears. Only the Heavenly Father could do that when my grandfather passed. There was a peace about things. Whether he's in heaven, and if he is, he's at the bottom of it. But he made it. I don't know. But the Lord gave me that peace. And I give him glory for that. Now listen. In conclusion, acknowledging the Lord in his works may not seem to be a discipline now, but remember what I said. Disciplines now were not what they were back then. So, may not be a discipline now, but let me tell you this. If you do not teach your children to acknowledge His works in their lives now, it will become a discipline you will be trying to teach your grandchildren in the future. The next generation is going to be looking for hope. And they'll give credit to football teams and baseball teams and basketball teams and the players. They'll even give it the essential oils, and in my case, ice cream, and other things they can tangibly grasp if you do not teach them to acknowledge him and what the Heavenly Father does. Share the hope of the Lord in simple things, and He is doing that He is doing so that in twenty and thirty And 40 years from now, your children will be continuing to honor the Lord. But like healings of others you are aware of, talk about that. Guidance in your own daily walk and how God helps you make that decision, talk about that. The choices He has helped you with in your own life deserve to be given credit to the Almighty if you have turned to Him. We need to practice this behavior of acknowledging the Lord in all that we do. By first praying and talking with Him daily. Reading His scripture, because this will help guide us. And meditating on it. And then acknowledging His own personal work when it has been accomplished in your own lives. It can become easy with daily discipline and practice now. Or it will become harder discipline for those who come after you in the family that you have later in life. You must choose how brightly your light will shine in this darkened world as you share your faith through your actions and your words. Let's go to Him in prayer.